Well, as far as the politics in Bosnia-Herzegovina is concerned, uh, regarding Platform for Progress, there are two types of activities. We are continuing two types of activities. One is developing internal organization of the Platform for Progress board or committee that runs the local organization. So what we are trying to assess is the strength in each uh, local organization, make the necessary changes. Um, establish the uh, the committee that's going to run the campaign, um, both in, in terms of logistics for the most part. Of course, you have to establish part of the campaign that will deal with the political issues, the program, and so on, relationship with media. One of the big issues in Bosnia-Herzegovina is to protect the votes you actually get, so to eliminate the effect of cheating. Um, when they, especially when they count the ballots. Uh, that's the type of activities that are going on at the same time with the coalition. We are establishing also the committee that's going to run elections as well as analytics and the PR and the digital media and the uh, uh, traditional media and so on. Staffing everything is a problem because nobody has enough people to cover everything that needs to be done. Then there is education that needs to happen, as well as um, really tough discussions about how do we form this one list, who is going to go on one list, uh, what are the principles, um, who gets how many positions based on what. And so that principle thing is going to be an issue. What are the principles for selecting candidates, for selecting which seats belong to what party on that one joint list, and how, a list, and how do we handle... Uh, parties that will join the coalition in the future or at least want to have joint lists somewhere in some cantons and not others or at the national level and the entity levels. Um, that is really the main thing. Uh, those are the main things that are happening right now. Um, a lot of moving parts. We are inexperienced in all of that. I was I was really into. Uh, I was laughing almost the other day. Uh, there was a party that was um, that's uh, that is in many ways compatible with us. Uh, it is called um, our party, um, and in Bosnian language, it's Nasha Stranka. And uh, they were talking about their stage of development as a party. And their leader said, you know, we are a young party. We are a young party. We are just developing. We are still developing our infrastructure. And they are 14 years old. And we are almost, uh, we are almost three years old, two and a half years old. Um, no, actually three and a half years old. So when you look at that, it is interesting to put things into perspective. We expect too much from us, from people who are inexperienced, and we are too critical about um, the stage of our development. We expected everything to be where it is or where it should be, uh, not realizing that we're dealing with people who have their own interests, who are used to mafia-style politics. And some of that came to us, obviously, and we're trying to get rid of that. Uh, we're trying to establish the system, principles, procedures, processes, 
in an environment that hasn't known any in a long while. So uh, it is going to be interesting. And I came to the United States um, to back to the uh, university and to um, continue with my obligations in person here. And while I'm here, I am uh, going to try on weekends to perhaps um, attend some of the town hall meetings throughout uh, the U.S. where our community invite me to come, especially now in the month of Ramadan. Ramadan there are iftars or breaking fast at night. And uh, this is something that I've been doing for the past 20 years as I sort of entered public life on the, on the Bosnian-American community side. And um, those discussions are not necessarily about Bosnia and Herzegovina, it is about life in the United States and issues they are facing and how they can be more productive in the society. Um, so that's really not about politics. Those meetings are more about life here, as well as at, uh, at times their obligations toward the homeland and what it is that they can do to at least vote, whoever they vote for, just at least engage in the process because they have the right to do so. But also we talk about politics in the United States and their obligations here and uh, how they vote and who is representing them. And I often push them to think about getting engaged in politics here in the United States. It would be great to have some of them, especially the youth, in the U.S. Congress. And why not think about it? Um, most of them, some of them actually got born here, but most of them came here, of the young people now, came here as, as small babies. And this is all they knew. This is all they know. Um, yes, they remember Bosnia had to go in through the stories of their parents and the culture they live in, but um, they're really in many ways very close to this, sometimes even closer to this culture than the other. And they need to run for an office at some level. And start from the city council and then above, and then move through the process. And I think it is important both for the United States to have that, to have that take on life and the combination of two cultures, and hopefully the best part of the two cultures. Um, but also to make sure that uh, perhaps later on, when they are in a more powerful position to influence the uh, U.S. policy, to influence it in a way that uh, continue, uh, then continues to look for just approach in the world. And that's all you should really need, make it just, regardless of whose side you're on. The important thing is that uh, the solution is just, and if that is so, then it must be good for you and the citizens of your country or the homeland and, and your homeland. I'm very glad that we had a wonderful presentation yesterday of your book, and thank you for everything you've done thus far and the Atkins Library and UNC Charlotte have done a marvelous thing and, and 
securing the the place, uh, the technology, the invitations, the invites. Uh, John uh, Cox was the really wonderful moderator, the wonderful dean, uh, introduction from the dean, and then your description of how it came to be and why it is important. Uh, received uh, a lot of good uh, feedback on it and um, discussing while we were there these two of us sitting there in front of the audience I have to tell you somehow made me feel or made it explicit what I have inherently known all along and that was that you and I are a wonderful team <laughs> and as we were sitting there and, and uh, answering questions and it was like um, one soul in two bodies talking about things that matter. So felt very grateful. So thank you. Thank you, Mirsad. I, I had the same sense myself talking. I mean, because our relationship has developed so much since right. this started. Right. And it, it is, it's kind of like a kindred soul thing going, to put in your words. I mean. Absolutely. And um, somehow when... When I think of your time uh, that you spent in Bosnia-Herzegovina in 18 and introducing, I remember introducing you to people and I was so proud of it and the fact that you were there because I knew that you, you as a person are representing this country in the best possible way. So it was really cool that I would say, hey, look at it, this is what an American looks like. It's, it's very cool. Um, we'll see, we are entering in this month of uh, Ramadan, Eddie, everything stops in terms of other obligations in Bosnia-Herzegovina. People try to fast, but they do it in a way that they sleep during the day as long as they can get up around 12 and then get out around maybe 2, start walking and meeting with people. Um, you break fast around quarter to late or p.m. or 8 p.m. And then you're up until 3, 4 a.m. <laughs> because that's when, again, you start fasting. And then you, you go to sleep. So everything really slows down. Um, On the other hand, what it will give us is a chance to rejuvenate a little bit. And I just had a conversation, a Viber conversation, with members of the presidency. Some of them are saying, uh, oh, presidential body governing platform for progress. Some of them are saying, we're really tired. We're going to just uh, slow down with activities a little bit. Uh, I'm not feeling well. And I'm thinking, oh, it's probably Ramadan, and you feel all these other obligations. And that, but it is also true. People are getting really, really exhausted, especially the younger ones who are too eager to, who were eager to contribute in so many different ways, and then suddenly realize that they cannot get to all of the obligations that they got involved in. And so the consensus last night was, uh, yeah, let's take this time to rejuvenate, to get a little bit, to rest a little bit, both the soul and the body and the mind, and then then get ready for the preparations for the campaign from mid-May on, and then 
for the actual campaign in who, October, whoever will run, whoever will have a poll, who will be on the list at some level of the of this competition for positions in running the government. When you were talking first about getting or, organized in the local uh, groups and these types of things, I can only think of growing pains again, and we've talked about this. You didn't have this, if you want to call it a problem, in 2018 because you were starting from scratch. I mean, it it has to be somewhat of a nice feeling knowing that you're at a point where you've got to be organizing like this now. Um, and I think it's, yeah, it was yesterday. Um, there was a, a Zoom meeting, brief meeting, where one of the participants said the following, I re vividly remember 2018 and the campaign. And he said, it was probably one of the best periods of my life. I was so happy. And I, in, in a second, there was a flash, right, uh, in my mind, thinking of the 2018. Compared to this situation, absolutely. It was, it was happy times. It was, you were determining, you are the only person running. You didn't, didn't want, um, purposely didn't want to create a list with other people, knowing I didn't know who they are, who I will have with me. They will define me, and I didn't want that. In retrospect, that was a mistake because I would have had two people in parliament with that number of votes, but in the national parliament. But then I was deciding who, what, when, how, why, and um, he had a really good group of friends helping in so many different ways, and there was no agenda, there was no backstabbing, there was no positioning, there was no, there were no uh, interests because. There's one candidate, and let's figure out later on what we will do with it. Comparing that to this now, this is hard labor. Um, yes, successes, but betrayals too. Um, egos, desire to succeed regardless of others, and... Uh, stepping over people. I mean, it's pretending to be one thing and you are something else. And then until you sort everything out, you just find yourself dealing with yourself internally as opposed to why you are here and that's helping the country. Um, always remember the curse that my grandmother uh, would say, and that's the only curse she ever had, and very um, infrequently she would use that because she was so gentle. But when she was facing somebody who was utterly selfish, mean, disregarding anybody and everybody, she would say, uh, may you... be occupied by yourself only, in, in the sense that I wish you to have all the reasons in the world to worry about yourself, for whatever that reason. 
Um, and that is really, when you think about it, the worst thing that can... And that could be because of health, right? Because of really poor health. Something bad happens. So you worry about yourself. And, or you have financial issues, so you, have, you worry about yourself. Or you have legal issues, you worry about yourself. Whatever it is, it is your problem, your trouble that you are dealing with. And she's saying, instead of causing all the troubles to everybody else, may you have those <laughs> for yourself. And it is the worst curse, and I couldn't think of um, a reason or justification why would such a gentle, wonderful person come up with something mean, as mean as that. But without really cursing in a bad way, she was telling the person, hey, why don't you stop doing that? Because it may be that it will come back to hunt you. So, and that's what we were doing, and that's what our enemies were doing, trying to get us to worry about ourselves. Um, and that's comparison between 18 and 20 campaigns, huge difference. And we're trying to figure out how do we get back to to the 18th, feeling of the 18th for the campaign of the 22. Uh, and that may, in the end, determine how successful we will be. Um, of course, the coalition, growing the coalition in the right way, with the right parties, demonstrating the power to attract projecting the strength is going to be very important, so that the voters can say, there is a possibility here. This could be the agent of change because of who is there, because of the trust of other parties that they have, that they have in, in uh, the coalition enough to say, let's be part of it, as opposed to going out on our own, out to the um, election ballots, uh, voting places. So, tough times ahead of us, but also probably very exciting times. One last one, because I know people are interested in your thoughts. Ukraine, again, just keeping an eye on everything that's going on there and the current developments with what the Russians are or are not doing. It is very, really an interesting stage. The um, There's a change, obviously. The Russians haven't achieved, accomplished the goals over, overrunning Ukraine completely, which surprised everybody thoroughly that such a large country, Ukraine is a huge country, could be overrun by, I don't know how many, you bring 200,000 soldiers, okay, still, they have millions. It's a huge country. Logistically, how do you do it? They could even could have, but the West provided the Ukrainians with uh, powerful weapons, arms, uh, training, and things change. Now, it is going to be what people thought originally. They'll probably try to take the eastern part of Ukraine, where Russians have a certain presence, where it's mostly Eastern Orthodox uh, Christianity, um, or Christians, as opposed to the West, where they are, I think, mostly Catholics. Uh, so it goes back to the original premise 
what we thought for Putin um, to rejuvenate or to re-establish powerful Russia, including all the parts of the neighboring countries that include Russian-speaking people. Um, that still leaves the world with a new world order, a powerful Russia um, with an uncertain alliance with China, perhaps more economically than ideologically, both united with some kind of uh, competition with the United States for the position of superpower, for access to economic crowds and uh, the Asian markets. Um, so what happens to Bosnia? Whether I don't know whether that will increase or decrease the chance of war in Bosnia Herzegovina. If the Russians have, if Russians have really overrun, if if they succeeded overrunning the Ukraine in six seven days, we were absolutely certain that the next front line is Bosnia Herzegovina through Serbia through Republika Srpska uh, to cause more trouble and continue that path. Now that hasn't happened. They have to worry about Ukraine. It could be opening a new front still in Bosnia-Herzegovina could cause more trouble to the West because it's not easy to deal. It's not easy to deal with one flashpoint. How about two or three? And um, uh, Moldavia could be, and Georgia could be other ones. So. Um, European Union and the United States are extending their sanctions against Russia. Russia is responding in a certain way. Um, energy uh, flows and pathways are still intact. The gas to Germany and in most of the Europe, as well as the oil. Uh, United States cut that off, but they, they were not really... Uh, the United States is not dependent on the Russian oil or gas in any way, significant way. So it is um, unknown right now. What worries me is that um, the West is trying to, in, 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 through in the frustration of not being able to do more because it's not a NATO country, um, they're trying in, in, in every possible way, including now the legal, uh, the atrocities in Ukraine are being constantly talked about, and, and that's fine, and they should. Um, as I mentioned yesterday, I was really worried about the statement of President Zelensky that these are the worst atrocities since the Second World War, forgetting completely about Bosnia-Herzegovina, Srebrenica, genocide, and and I heard in the one of the parliaments was a German parliament. Somebody was talking about a similar statement: all the atrocities that um, close to getting close to what we've seen in Srebrenica. Comparison is really, really dangerous. If it diminishes what happened in Srebrenica. Um, it makes it political. Uh, I don't know how many, what kind of atrocities there are, but they have to be proven, uh, documented. Um, they have to be uh, tried in court. 
the politicians saying um, now somebody like Putin will be accused of war crimes. Um, it is really political, and he probably should be in the end. If there are, if there's a battle, uh, if there is a, an intent to kill civilians instead of really targeting military targets, of course that's war crime. We have Geneva Convention, and everything is fine. But we need to stop the war and then let the legal side does what it does. Uh, right now, most Bosnians are being offended by those statements. Uh, we have documented genocide. Um, the thrust is happening throughout, from concentration camps, killings, rapes, and so on, throughout the country, especially in the Prader area that wasn't defined as a genocide. Denials of that, putting those areas under the rule of Serbs who committed, whose uh, forces committed uh, those acts. In comparing that what we've seen thus far in 20 or a month to what happened in the four years in Bosnia-Herzegovina, saying its approaches, that it, it's really a way to diminish in a way uh, what happened in this country. And when we remember the arms embargo and inability to fight, um, not allowing us to fight against the perpetrators, not helping us in any meaningful way. Only Srebrenica actually held, handing people to the Serbs from the safe zone. Remembering all that is just so painful, and this is another way to diminish it. So. I hope that uh, Ukraine will turn it around, that the world will turn it around, that it will stop. Unfortunately, Ukraine is going to be, go through the pain of being dismembered as a country. Crimea is probably gone. Whether they will, I don't know if they will accept it as part of the settlement. They're going to be independent, some kind of republics established in the east that will eventually probably cause for trouble forever in the end, uh, wanting to join Russia. Uh, its future is uncertain, but so is is uh, for the world. Um, Russia will continue on this path as long as Putin is in charge. We don't know who is going to be next. The relationship with China is uncertain. Um, the world need to, the West especially, needs to figure out what is next. A big part of that will be the energy supply, supply and, and energy sources and how to be independent of Russia. Um, there will be huge, I expect, uh, change in funding the military. There will be a lot more money for the military in various places. Germany will emerge again as a, as a country that is going to be much more forceful in military presence. They will They've seen that uh, they have seen that their position in Europe is not as safe as they thought, with being protected by NATO forces. And people, the Second World War happened a long time ago. People forgot what happened, and Germany will be allowed to militarily become become a force again. That is going to bring up billion other issues. We are going to into some really uncertain period of trying to figure out what the world will want, I think, happen um, 
it again bipolar world in terms of um, adversaries who will then continue forever to build up the military complex and exercise the power throughout the world and perhaps in the end divide economic interests but that's the situation that they understand when you have well-defined adversary who serves the purpose of putting the money in certain places where you want it which is hard to justify in times of peace and collaboration and we'll again forget about schools and, ho and hospitals to some extent and, and build more defense or military related or weapon producing factories so we, we are almost going back to the cold war era um, defined a little bit differently unfortunately i will let you go thank you. but stay safe man you too. thank you